All right. So preparing this message, I wasn't, um, I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do with it. And, um, but I realized during worship that um, the worship songs, I didn't even plan on this, but the worship songs line up to what the message is going. And I feel like God is saying, he gave me this about three songs in, and he's like, you know, there's people that feel like God has let them down and let, he's not quite come through and when they needed him to come through. And he's like, I come through when I come through. I'm never late. I'm never um, off on what I come through with. I come through, but it's, it's not on our timing. And I think God's saying, I want to restore your hope in my, in my timing because my timing is not always when we want it. Our healing is not always when exactly when we want it. You know, we're like, well, somebody prayed for me and I should be healed. Well, God says you shall recover. And, and I think there's so many times we get upset with God. It's like, God, you didn't show up. He's like, I show up when I'm supposed to show up. It could be 11.59 and 59 seconds, but I show up. It might be you need that by midnight. And he's like, I'm going to show up right when you need it, when you need it, and how, and how I'm supposed to show up. So don't be, I feel like God's just saying, let your hope be restored in me. Let it be restored to me that I am going to do what I've asked you to do, or what I've said I will do. Excuse me. All right. So preparing for this, I got to give Ray some credit. We were having a conversation on Tuesday, and um, I, I was talking, him and I were talking about some things, and, and I was like, you know what? I have no idea. What I, well, I have some idea, but I'm like, you know what? I've got to look at this. We were talking about um, Jacob, and I said, you know what? I've got to look at this, because it's been a long time since I've really studied out Jacob and, and his whole life. And, and we were talking about, and Ray said the funniest thing. He's like, that guy was basically a shyster. I'm like, yeah, he kind of was. And, um, and so I was thinking about that. So this week I was, I was reading through, and if you guys turn to Genesis 32, okay, so we're talking about Jacob, who is in the big three, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I mean, these guys are the fathers of our faith. These are, these are the guys that God said, hey, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to give you things that he didn't promise a lot of other people. Yeah. And the cool thing is, is these promises that he promised them, we now have access to those. You don't see these promises throughout um, scripture on a lot of these people, but you look at these three guys and the promises that they received are huge. And now because of we are born into the kingdom, we are sons and daughters of Christ through the blood of Jesus. We now have access to these promises that he promised these guys. So we're going to turn to uh, 32 verse 22. And let me give you a little bit of backstory of this. Jacob um, is a twin. Jacob and Esau, if you guys know the story, um, I'm going to explain this a little bit. Jacob, um, Esau was born first. So that meant uh, Esau had the birthright and the, basically the, the first blessing of his father to come upon him. Jacob, whose name means deceiver or heel grabber, literally, as, he was com- as Esau was coming out, his brother had a hold of his heel, yeah. the back of his, his foot. And so this guy is, his name means deceiver. So there's something to be said about a name. When you give a, a, a I had this um, friend and they called their dog Loki. Well, if you know what Loki means, it is a Norse god of confusion and chaos. That dog was absolutely nuts. <laughs> and so there's something to be said about a name that you give a person or you give an animal. Yeah. And so his mother gave him this name. 
which I don't know if I would, you know, name my child, oh, my firstborn daughter, hey, I'm just going to call you Deceiver. You know, I know there's another name that goes with it, but the, the, the premise that goes with that is very huge for those names. So Jacob comes out of the womb and he's literally right on his brother's heels. I mean, he's literally like, I'm going to come, I, I want to be the first one out. And if, if you're going to be the first one out, I'm holding on to you as, as you come out of the womb. So, but Jacob had a track record of offending people and dishonesty, and that's why his name means deceiver. I mean, if you look, he lived up to his name. He literally came out of the womb holding his brother's heel like, if you're going to get this blessing, I'm going to be part of this blessing. If you're going to get this birthright, I want this birthright. He literally tricked his brothers, or tricked his brother out of his birthright by selling him a bowl of soup and bread. Can you imagine going into... uh, town and you're like, man, I'm really hungry. Go into the pawn shop and say, I will give you everything of my inheritance of my family if you give me a bowl of soup. Yeah. Pawn shop guy is going to be like, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Here, here's the deed to the house. Here's, here's, my, um, here's my everything that I have, all my bank accounts. Here's what I need, but I need a bowl of soup. They're going to be like, okay, stupid. We'll, we'll give you this. So he, he, sold his brother, and his brother was stupid enough to actually give this to him, but he sold his own birthright for a bowl of soup. And then he tricked his father at the end, when, when Isaac was old, and he, it says he couldn't see in, in the earlier chapters. It says he could not see, but he, could, he could hear. So he literally, him and his mom wasn't too, was, I understand where the deceiving part of it got. He got it from his mom because his mom was like, you know, we're just going to dress you up. We're going to put goat skin on you. Yeah. And we're going to make some stew for your father. And you're going to go before him. He's like, this sound, in, in the scripture it says, this sounds like Jacob. Isaac says, it sounds like Jacob. But it feels like Esau. It says Esau was uh, hairy. Yeah. And so Jacob gets the blessing of his father too. Isaac is getting ready to, is in his old age. He's getting ready to die or getting close to that time. And he knows that he needs to uh, give that blessing to his oldest son. So he literally gives the blessing to Jacob and then Jacob goes out of the tent. And then it says in the next couple of verses, Esau comes back in and goes, Father, I'm ready for my blessing. He's like, wait a minute. I just, and then Isaac realizes that he's been deceived. But it talks about in, in some of the earlier passages that Esau went to get his blessing and his father had already pronounced this huge, amazing blessing over his, that was supposed to be for him, for his on his brother. And then Esau comes in and he goes, oh, I want a blessing too. And basically Isaac says to him, you will serve your brother and your people will serve your brother for the rest of your days. That's not a blessing I want. I mean, so you see Jacob, he literally takes everything from his brother, his birthright, his blessing. And then he's like, well, you know, I probably shouldn't stay around here. I'm going to get out of here. I mean, that's like going to your, your uh, in-law's house, robbing them of everything you yeah. get and going, you know what? I probably shouldn't stay around here. It's probably not going to be the best thing for me to do. So Jacob flees. He goes to um, his uncle's land, uncle's country, and he spends 20 years working for his uncle. He, he first goes, he goes, I want, he, he moves there and he's like, well, your daughter's beautiful. I want, I want Rachel. And he's like, Okay, you work seven years and you'll, for me and you'll get, 
Rachel to marry. So he works seven years. The uncle tricks him on his wedding night and throws the other girl in there. And now he goes, oh, by the way, we don't marry off the youngest first. We marry off the oldest first. So now you're stuck with her. And it says in the Bible that Rachel was beautiful. And it says that Leah was feeble. So we know why he chose her. But then, so his uncle just throws, you know, slips her in there and he's like, oh, by the way, now you have to marry her. But now I'll let you marry Rachel, but you got to work another seven years. That's a long time. I'm just saying. That's a long courtship or dating period. I, I, I don't know how it lasted that long. But um, so Jacob marries both of them. He's, he's having kids. And this is where we start to get the, the 12 tribes of, of Israel. We start to see the names of these, of these sons coming into existence. And so Jacob, he's like, you know what? I'm going to go back to my land. I know I need to make this right. And he also knows that he's got to get out of the land that he's in because he also tricked his father-in-law <laughs> into letting him take, he goes, I'll take all the speckled goats and you can keep all the regular ones. So he sets it up perfectly. So every time that they're, the, the goats are ready to mate, he gets all the right ones in place. And he goes, so his flock increases, his father-in-law's decreases. And he goes, look at this. But so Jacob takes all of his flock. He, he's been cheated out of, he had to work 14 years for two wives. Um, he was cheated out of, of um, wages for six years. And he, so he's like, you know what? I'm going to work my magic so I can get what I need. This guy's always got an angle on something. He's always working a way to get what he wants. You guys know people like that. And you're like, how do you always get that? And like, cause they, they have their way of sweet talking people in and, and, and working that around. But so he, he's fleeing that land, but he's got to go back to this land. And he knows that when he comes in there, there's going to be some people that aren't going to be happy to see him. So he, he goes back from his uncle's land to his homeland and his brother's there to greet him. And he's got 400 of his best friends to help greet him. And um, they probably weren't the most, you know, nice group of people. So Esau is basically coming with 400 men. Jacob's coming back into his homeland. Esau's saying, I'm going to take 400 of my best friends and we're going to go kill you and everybody in your family. So Jacob is like, we all know deceivers. Deceivers aren't the, the most brave and bold people. They're all like, how can I get out of this? How can I deal with this? So he does one smart move. He splits up his family, his herds and everything so they all won't be slaughtered in one thing and sends one this way and sends one this way to cross so they won't be all in the direct line of 400 guys who want to kill us all. So he sends his servants across the river. Jacob comes back to, to, the, uh, to the, the other side of the river and he's camped there. I can't, how nervous are you when you know there's your brother, your older brother, who's mad at you and he's got 400 of his meanest, ugliest friends. I always think of like, you know, barbarians and I'm like, you know, some guy coming down on you with an ax. I'm thinking, oh man, I don't want to make this guy angry. So he's like, how do I get out of this? Deceivers are always like, how do I work my way out of this? How do I, how do I get out of this without it being any scathing, any, any damage to me? So he comes back on the, on to the, the other side of the river and, and he's talking to God and, and he's like, where is the blessing that you promised me? You promised it to my, my grandfather, my father. Where is it? Why am I not seeing it? And this is where the story, this is where we're going to get to the story. So you know, this guy's nervous. You're not sleeping if your brother's out for your head. 
you're like in your sleeping bag, you know, you got a stick in one hand and a sword in the other. And you're like, you know, every now and then you're like, I see you out there, you know, pretending that you, you there's like, if you hear a noise, you're like, you know, you're up. So he's, he's, he's awake. He's guarding himself. He's watching. He's, and he's, and he's sitting there and he's like, okay, my brother's going to come to kill me. Whether he goes on this side of the river or that side, he's going to have my head. So he's, he's awake and he's probably like, oh God, where are you? I need you on this one, you know? And in the early parts of the morning, and, and they, after reading some of the different things on this, they say it was probably after midnight, right, um, right around 2 a.m., where he's up and he's, he's sitting there. And early parts of the morning, he's nervous and he sees a man walking across the river. He's, he's walking through the river, he's coming up to him. And it says that he saw the man and he knew it wasn't Esau because of his gait. He saw the way he walked and he knew it wasn't Esau. So he's probably a little nervous. He's like, okay, so he hired somebody to kill me. He's not going to do it himself. So he's a little nervous. And in verse 30, or read this, it says here, uh, 22, it says, the same night he arose and took his two wives, his two female servants and his 11 children and crossed the fort of Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left alone. And it, and a man wrestled with him until the break of day. When he had saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob, excuse me, Jacob's hip was put out of joint, and he wrestled, and he still wrestled with him. So this guy comes up there, and Jacob's a shepherd. Shepherds have a big staff, and he's probably, you know, like, okay, who are you? Keep back. I don't want you around me. And We see Jacob and he's like, okay, stay back. I don't want you. This guy basically disarms him. So we, we, we see this man disarm him. So, and in that culture, the um, wrestling was a, was a cultural thing. I mean, they, they, grappling was a cultural thing. So this guy probably gets into this. And he's like, okay, this guy's going to do something. So I'm going to have to fight this guy or I can run. But either way, I'm probably going to get hurt doing this. So it says, Jacob wrestled with this man until dawn. And I want to read this part to you. It says, then he said, let me go for the day has broken. This is the the man talking to Jacob. And he says, the sun is coming up. And Jacob Jacob says to him, I will not let let you go unless you bless me. And and he said to him, what is your name? And And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob. But Israel, for you have striven with God and men and prevailed. And then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the, of the place Peniel, saying, for I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. Okay, so he's wrestling with God. When he says, why do you ask my name? This is God telling him, you should know who I am. There is, in the Jewish, there's certain names that you don't, in the Jewish tradition and the Jewish culture, you don't mention certain names of God. And so Jacob is saying, what is your name? He's like, I'm not going to say my name. You should know my name. Because we're talking about a guy, we're not talking about a 15-minute wrestling match. We're talking about a guy that, that literally wrestled with God the entire time trying to get his blessing. Can you imagine 
trying to we have, it, we have it so easy in our lives as Christians because we are under the blood of Jesus. That blessing flows to us. This man had to literally wrestle with a human form of God, a, a physical form of God, to get his blessing from him. And, it saw, and it's, it's funny that it says God saw that he was not prevailing against him. Do you imagine the intensity of this, that a human being is wrestling with God and he's still not backing down? Jacob is literally in a fight for his life. He goes, I can either be just, either I'm going to get my blessing here or I'm going to be destroyed. He goes, I need that blessing in my life. I think sometimes in our life, we feel like we're wrestling with God for that blessing. We're striving um, to get that blessing from God. And it seems like we never get it. A lot of times I think, what happens is, is we're like, God, I need that blessing. I need this in my life. And, and you feel like I'm wrestling with God for it. And God's like, you don't have to wrestle for it. I've already given it to you. We have to strive for it. We have to fight for it. It talks about a fight of faith that we have to, to have faith enough to, to believe that we're going to receive what he's already given us. But I think sometimes we, when we get into that that we're waiting for that healing or that, that breakthrough in our lives and we're wrestling with that and we feel like, we're like, God, I'm, I'm going after this and God's like, well, you tap out before the blessing shows up. Yeah. Jacob didn't tap out. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to you. He's probably grabbing hold of the guy's foot like, you know, guy's trying to walk away and he's grabbing him and trying to drag him back down. He's like, I'm not leaving. I'm not allowing you to be released until you bless me. Yeah. I think when this wrestling match at first, he's like, okay, this is a man. But then he starts, and he's like, okay, this, he started to realize it was God. And he's like, you're going to bless me. You're going to give me my blessing that I've wanted for so long. Yeah. You told me that my descendants would be like the sands of the desert, like the stars of the sky. He's, he's looking back at what the promises of, of his father and his grandfather were. And he's like, I'm not leaving. I'm not allowing you to leave. I'm not stopping until you give me that blessing. He literally wrestled till dawn. The man, God saw the sun coming up. He's like, uh, we've got to go. You've got to go. And he's like, no, I'm not, I'm not stopping. You're, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to hold on to you and put you in a headlock and hold on to you. I'm going to, you know, when your kids are little, they sit on your foot and you, and you scoot them around the house. I can imagine Jacob on this guy's leg, like I'm not letting go of you. You're not getting rid of me until you give me what I need and what I want. So in verse 25, it says, The man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob. He touched his hip joint, and the hip was dislocated, and he wrestled with him. So in some of the different translations, it talks about, it says when he touched his hip joint, the, the muscle actually, the hip came out of place, but the muscle actually deteriorated. And, and it says in some translations, it says, and this is why the Israel, uh, Israelites do not eat of the hip bone. They don't eat any meat off the hip of any animal. Because it was, it was a, an, uh, kind of an honor of, of what God did, but it's also to, to recognize that this was something that was set apart for their family, for Jacob and his family. So this guy probably walked with a limp the rest of his life. And, and I think sometimes we're like, oh man, I got, God gave him a limp. Well, but sometimes that limp is, a, is, is to show the people of what God has done. And people realize that, 
you gotta, you got to think, after all this happens, he's, he's sitting down around the bonfire telling his grandsons what, what this was. I wrestled with God. They're like, really? Yeah, I wrestled with God. And, and they're like, this is, and this is why I limp. There's not a lot of people that wrestled with God. And so he, he had this story to be able to pass on to his, his uh, descendants to tell him when the blessing of God came into his life. And you're seeing the evidence of this blessing in my life because uh, God touched my hip, but I've got this, this blessing in my life because I did. I, I persevered through it to allow God and, and to hold on to God until he gave it to me. Jacob knew what he wanted and needed, and no matter what it took, he was going to get it. He was not going to give up. And I think in our lives, we, we, we need to persevere. We need to keep wrestling with that situation until we get that, that, that answer, that blessing in our life. We need to continue and not let go until we see what the blessing is supposed to be. We want financial breakthrough but we're like, I'm not going to, well, you know what? I didn't get it this week. It didn't show up my paycheck this week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop doing it. Because like, no, you don't, let, you don't stop wrestling. You don't stop letting go of it until you get that blessing in your life. Sometimes it looks like it's over. Sometimes it looks like it's not. But God's like, it's not done until you receive it. And God literally says, let me go because it is time for the sun to come up. It's time for you to move on over into the other land. Jacob's like, I'm not going to let go of you and tell you to declare a blessing over me. Because the blessing that he had from his father and, from, and the birthright that he had from his father, that, that blessing wasn't being fulfilled in his life because he was, he was a deceiver, because he was running from place to place, getting what he could and, and deceiving people out of what he wanted. He's like, I'm not going to leave until you give me that blessing. That blessing in our life is, is, is everything that is God's promises. God's promises are always yes and amen. So that blessing in our life is, is it could be anything, what you're believing for, whether it's healing or financial things or, or um, spiritual things or something in your family, whatever it is, that blessing is available to us. But we have to persevere like Jacob in order to receive it sometimes. Too many times we're like, oh, you know, I just didn't get it when I wanted to, so I'm out. Let me know when you got it for me, God. Too many times we, we, we tap out before the meet is even over and before the time is even over for us to quit grappling with that situation that we're going through. But God says, okay, you're not gonna, I see you're not going to let go of me. God could have just said, flick, and he would have let go of him. God chose to take a human form and, and literally wrestle with Jacob. I, I've read some different things. Well, it was just God wrestling with him in the spiritual realm. I don't really think it was because can you imagine Jacob, you know, wrestling God in the spiritual realm? It, it wasn't. It was literally physically God coming to him in human form because God was, was seeing where his heart was. He was seeing where he was. God, you know this guy was nervous as heck, and he's praying like, God, when are you going to take care of me? I need this. I need this. You know, I got people, I got 400 guys that want to kill me. They want to kill my family. They'll wipe me off the map. And, and so God's like, you know what? 
I'm going to go talk with this guy. I'm going to go see what he's doing. So he's holding on to this guy, and he's like, I'm not letting you go. And God's like, okay, fine. It's time for you to move on into where you're supposed to be. And he's like, okay, what is your name? He says, Jacob. And God says, no, it's no longer Jacob, but it is Israel. He named his people at that moment. He, the, the blessing that had been spoken to Abraham and Isaac, Jacob now was, the, was part of the fulfillment of that because as soon as he said, no, your name is no longer Israel, all the stars in the, in the sky and the sands of, of the desert all those children now had a name. They became the children of Israel, of Abraham and Isaac. So this, this blessing that he is, is, is releasing, this is a, a two-generational blessing that God is now releasing into to Jacob's life and saying, I'm now releasing it into your life. How determined was it that he's literally holding on to this guy? He, he might have him in a headlock, he might have, he's like, I am not going to let go of you until you give this to me. We have to be determined to get our blessing and our breakthrough, our healing. We have to grab hold of the God, God's promises and hold on to them and don't let go of them until we see it. Know that you have what, you ha what God has promised you. That promise that Jacob had, he's like, I know what the promise is. I, I know what my father has talked about, the promise that he made to my grandfather. And so he's like, I'm going to hold on to it until I see it. We have to hold on to the promise of God until we see that, that blessing come into our life, until that, that inheritance, into that, that healing, that, that whatever it is, come into our lives and be present in our lives. The great thing that we have is this, is we have a high priest in Jesus Christ. We have every blessing in Jesus Christ. The great thing about us is we're a little bit different than Jacob. Jacob had to plead and fight for what he wanted. He's literally got God in a headlock saying, I'm going to hold you here until you give it to me. <clears throat> God says, if you receive, if you're in my, if you are my child, if you are in my kingdom, that blessing is automatically to you. You just have to hold on to it. You don't have to wrestle with God for it. God's like, I'm done wrestling with, I ain't got the time to, to mess around with all you guys and wrestle with you. He goes, I'm going to give it to you, but you just have to hold on to that blessing. After Jacob received that blessing, do you think he just set it down? No, he held on to that blessing. He remembered that blessing and continued to tell his children about that blessing. But we have to hold on to the promises of God until we see those promises become a reality. One thing that really stuck out to me was, um, it says he touched his hip and his hip came out of socket. Have you ever had your hip come out of socket? That hurts. I had it one time pop in and then pop out. And I was like, 
oh, I never want to feel that pain again. It was just like I sidestepped real quick and it just popped and then went back in real quick. And I was like, oh, and it wasn't out all the way. But I was like, that is a pain that is hard to explain because it feels like your whole body. I felt it here and then it popped here. I'm like, it felt like my body separated from itself. I'm like, no, that's not it. But this guy, Jacob, he's literally wrestling with God. And God goes, boom, your hip's out. How much pain? Literally, his hip is out of place. How much pain is he in? But he's still like, I'm going to take this. I'm going to get what I want. He's in excruciating pain, and he's probably, you know, wrapped around God, and he's like, I'm holding on to you. I can't stand upright, but I'm going to hold on to you. And sometimes our blessing doesn't come when we want it to come. Sometimes what God gives us is not always when we want it to come, but we need to persevere through the pain. Sometimes it's painful to receive, to get to the point where we can receive God's blessing. Sometimes we go through a struggle and it's painful to get to the, the blessing that God has for us. Sometimes, you know, everybody thinks that, well, you know, I'm God's child and, and everything's just going to work out for me and never, nothing's ever going to get out of, out of place and it's all going to be perfect. That's not called Christianity. That's called make-believe. Yeah, right. Christianity sometimes is painful because sometimes following God is painful because we have to go through things that are painful. Yeah. But when we get through those things, the blessing of God comes and, and it covers the pain that we went through. I heard, I heard a, a, a guy say one time, he goes, sometimes scars in our lives are not the, the absence, of God, absence of God in our life, but it's, it's, the, it's the birth, it's the, what was it? Sorry, let me think about this real quick. It is the evidence of God's mercy and blessing in our life to those scars that we have in our lives, whether it's a physical scar, spiritual scar, but it, it, is, it is God, it is that same man, remember this? Remember when God was good and he delivered me. Remember when, when God showed up in this moment. But we, we have to sometimes go through the pain to get to the blessing. It talks about in Psalms, it says, Yea, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. How many of you guys know that a shadow can be huge? You guys ever done this? You do a little hand puppet and it's 10 feet tall. He goes, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. How many of you guys know this? That if... Death is standing at the top of the valley and you're at the bottom of the valley and the, and the shadow hits you. Death is about this big, but it seems this big. And so sometimes our, our pain to go through those times to get to where God is. Do you think that all these men in the Bible had it easy? No, they, they had lost, they had pain, they suffered things, but God brought them through. And at the end of that time, they had their blessings. And so sometimes the pain is, is like, I don't want to experience pain. We don't want pain. Pain is something that we run away from. Yeah. Pain is something that we don't like. Yeah. But sometimes God, Jacob, he said, I'm just going to push through this pain. Sarah knows this. You push through pain sometimes when you're running. And it hurts and it burns and it feels horrible. But you, you push through because you know the end goal. You know the end prize is there, and you're like, I'm not going to stop until I get it. Jacob's like, I don't care if I'm hurt. I don't care if this sucks. I'm going to push through. I'm going to hold on to this until I get my blessing. I mean, he had, he had the, the amazing honor to have God pronounce that blessing over him in a physical way. I mean, how many people get to sit there in front of God and God declares a blessing over them like that? That's pretty cool. But sometimes we don't always get to where we want because we're like, well, it hurts a little bit. Life's not easy. Christianity is not easy. 
The, the reason why we struggle with so many things in the kingdom of God is because we don't have persecution. The church that is persecuted thrives because they have a, a little a little goad, somebody poking them with a stick saying, hey, that's, you got to stop that. You got to stop that. You can't do that. We're going to take you to jail. The churches that are persecuted, they thrive. They grow quicker than churches that aren't persecuted because they know that the pain is a temporary yeah. setback or a temporary thing to the blessing that God has for them. Yeah. So persevere through your trial, your tribulation, whatever it is. James says, count it all joy. Count it joy, man. You know what? This sucks right now, but we're going to get through. This, this hurts right now, but God is bringing me through. Yeah. I'm dealing with sickness right now, but God's going to bring me through. I'm dealing with family issues right now. I'm dealing with, with things in my life, financial issues, mental issues, spiritual issues, but I'm going, and it hurts right now, but God is going to bring me through. Yeah. I'm not going to wait around and say, oh, God, you got to bless me. I'm going to keep going because sometimes the pain is, where it is what leads us to the blessing of God. Yeah. Because God's like, I'm going to bless you in this one area, but while I'm blessing you in this one area, I'm going to take care of all the issues that you've gone through to get to that point. You've got your blessing now, but remember the pain you went through? I'm going to help ease that pain. But I love Jacob. He goes, I'm not letting go of you. I'm not letting go of you until you give me what I need. All right, we'll finish up with this. Then the sun rose and, and he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the people of Israel do not eat the sinew of the thigh that is in the hip socket because, they excuse me, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip on the sinew of the, of the thigh. So Jacob is literally limping. He goes across the river and he's like, okay, I've got to face this guy. I have to face Esau. I've stolen from him. I've, uh, I've taken things from him, but I've got to face him. Saying sorry is one of the hardest things when you've, when you've done something to somebody. Yeah. We have so much pride in us that it's like, oh, yeah. we good now? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. We, we don't say sorry. We just kind of look at him and say, we're good, right? that's not an apology. That's not repentance. So he, he goes across the river and he's like, okay, I'm sending, I can't even remember all the, the goats and everything that he sends. I mean, he sends hundreds of, of animals and things to, to Esau as a peace offering. And Esau, you know, this guy's got his sword out and he's sharpening like, I'm going to take his head off. I'm going to, I'm going to make him suffer. And he goes across and he faces Esau and Esau says, we're good now. I, I don't know the whole conversation that happened with that. Jacob probably did some groveling and some, and some uh, repenting of like, hey, I'm really sorry. Didn't mean, I probably shouldn't have done that. But God delivered him not only from Esau, but delivered him into his blessing. And so when we're going through life, sometimes the, the, the situation that we have to face is painful because God's saying when you go through this painful situation, then your blessing that you're not even realizing is there is going to kick in after you've dealt with that painful situation. God spared his life. He worked in Esau to spare Jacob's life. Esau was supposed to be Jacob. 
Esau was supposed to have that blessing. It was supposed to be that his children would be numer- un- un- uncountable. He was supposed to have the blessing of Isaac in his life. But because of some things that Esau did and repentance in Jacob's life, he received that blessing. When God changed his name, he changed his character. God doesn't just say, oh, you have a new name. God doesn't change names just for the fun of it. God changes names for a reason. There's a reason why he changed Abraham's name. There's a reason why he changed Saul to Paul. There, there was a transformation. So when, when God changes his name, he transformed his life. That blessing came into his life. It transformed him into a different person. So we can't let go of what God promised us when it gets tough. We have to hold on to it until we see the result of the blessing that has been promised to us. Jacob held on and he goes, I'm going to hold on to your leg until you give me that. We have to have that same mindset. I'm not going to stop until I see the blessing of God, the promises of God in my life. I'm not going to give up until I see my healing. I'm not going to give up until I see my financial breakthrough. I'm not going to give up until I see my family restored. I think the reason why he really liked blessed Jacob because he wasn't a quitter. He didn't give up. He's like, you know what? This guy's tenacious. He's hanging on my leg and I'm dragging him through the dirt. And he's like, I'm going to keep holding on to it. God's looking for people who are tenacious and are going to hold on until they get what they need. Let's pray.